Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello, my name is Rochelle Lucero, and welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. I'm your host, and today we're talking about converts, as in the people who have become Catholic after coming from a different Christian denomination or a non-Christian faith, and even those who come from no faith background at all. I have some really good friends who are converts to Catholicism, and to me, it just seems like they know everything about the faith. Have you ever encountered that, like a convert who seems to know everything about the faith. They know the faith inside and out. And you can't believe that they've only been a Catholic for like five years or 10 years or something because they just seem to know so much. And oftentimes, they seem to know more than us cradle Catholics. So that's the question for today's episode. Do converts know more about the faith? And if they do, let's explore why they do and maybe what we can learn from them. But first, we have some new patrons to thank. And remember that patrons financially support the work of Clumsy Theosis. They are listeners just like you, whose donations cover the monthly costs that are required in order to keep this show going. And they provide funding for upcoming growth so that we'll be able to branch out and do more to spread the good news of Jesus and the fullness of Catholicism through different types of media. If you have been blessed by Clumsy Theosis and would like to be a part of spreading the gospel, please consider financially supporting Clumsy Theosis by becoming a patron and giving monthly, and you can give whatever you can afford. Plus, an added bonus is that patrons get some cool exclusive resources and merchandise from me. So check that out. Even if you're not sure, pray about it. Visit clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu just to look around and get yourself familiar with what's going on with our patrons. So without further ado, please join me in thanking Emily and Lewis, who are our most recent patrons. Pray in thanksgiving for their generosity because they're helping this show come to you right now. All right. The big question for today, do converts know more about the faith? I started thinking about this question last week, and I think the answer is yes and no, because that's not confusing, right? Converts don't necessarily know more about the faith as much as they have a strong sense of wonder and curiosity about the things that they don't know. And like the psalmist said, open my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And that's in Psalm 119. Here, laws are not referring to the Ten Commandments or anything like that. Laws are referring to the way of God. So the psalmist is saying, open my eyes, Lord. I want eyes that see the wonder of your ways. And wonder is what makes all of us question and look for answers. Am I right? Now, in the case of converts, because they don't know that much when they convert to the faith, they end up learning more. So it all boils down to wonder. I believe that converts have a stronger sense of wonder and an appetite for answers because when they become Catholics, they might have what we would refer to as a deficit in in the answers about what everything means in our faith. So let me explain. 
here's where I'm coming from. So I've been reading this book. It's called I'm Catholic, Now What? And it was written by a friend of mine, Sean McAfee. He's a Catholic author and he's a convert from evangelicalism. He asked me if I would read his book and just write a simple review. And I could have done that and been done with this book. But I really enjoyed this book so much that I want to share it with you guys because I think it's really beneficial. So as a convert, he knows the importance of a book that can help new Catholics who are like fresh out of RCIA, how it could help them practice the faith well and make it part of their everyday life. And so he wrote this book that provides guides and suggestions from his own experience to help new Catholics. And I love the concept of this book. And like I said, I actually love the book itself. I think it's really cool. It's it's divided into 10 different sections on everything from the sacraments, Mary and the saints, prayer, and that was probably my favorite section, um, Catholic life, customs, and etiquette. Uh, Let me see what else. Um, The uh, modern issues that Catholics face today, you know, things like life issues, sexuality, relativity, um, you know, all of those popular ideas that are out there in the world right now that are in complete opposition to our faith. And, um, oh yeah, uh, defending the faith and how to evangelize and spread the faith. But it's not just another one of those books that just reiterates what the church teaches about these things, because that would be kind of boring, and I don't know why, how I could share that in a way that <laughs> would be exciting. Um, but it's it's a lot of firsthand advice and suggestions to make pretty much every aspect of life as a Catholic come alive in your life. And I think that the book has... It, it, It has its fair share of knowledge to impart about the faith. You know, there's some apologetics in there and even a little bit of uh, evangelization on its own. But what really struck me in this book is that this book, even though it's aimed at new Catholics, as I was reading it, I realized this could be super helpful to cradle Catholics also. Because what struck me was how Sean's practical suggestions took elements of our faith, you know, sacramentals, things that we might see as basic or even like ordinary or commonplace things in Catholicism. And I put like little um, air quotes on that. All these things that seem ordinary and regular and everyday to us. And he looked at them with eyes of wonder, with the eyes of a convert. And I don't know that he intended to do that, but it was just obvious to me. And I think it's because he's coming from the place of a convert. So here are some things that I really appreciated and I thought I'd draw our attention to today. So first, let me note that, yes, there are 10 sections of this book, but there are 100 chapters. (laughs) Each chapter is only two to three pages, though. So these are like little bite-sized insights on 100 different aspects of our faith. Now, in the section on the sacraments, because you have to have a section on the sacraments in the Catholic book, we don't just read about what the sac- what you should know about the sacraments. That's not the point of this chapter. But how to live out our sacraments when we're not in a liturgical setting, right? When we're not at Mass, when we're not in the confessional, things like that. So Sean gives some pointers for keeping Sundays holy in his chapter on the Eucharist. He talks about how to live out your confirmation, and I think that's a big one. I don't think anyone ever talked to me about living out my confirmation. I always just saw it as a rite of passage, but the eyes of wonder are able to see it 
as it truly is, right? And they're, I think they're able to see it so much easier because it's not ordinary to them. It's something new and something exciting. Also, the sacrament of baptism. Some people see this sacrament as a rite of passage also, or as like a one-day event. But this is the day that we become children of God, right? We become rightful heirs to the kingdom of heaven. And as such, it should be celebrated annually. And I remember I had a Spanish teacher once from España who said that they don't celebrate birthdays where she's from, but they celebrate people's baptismal days. Now, I don't know if that's like a countrywide thing. If you know, let me know. Or maybe it was just something that was practiced in her particular region. But I always thought that that was super awesome. Like that is, I love that idea. And I think I'm going to do that with my children. I mean, birthdays too, but you know, also celebrating their baptismal days. And there is even a chapter in the section on the sacraments that is talks about attending the liturgy in different rites. Now, Sean specifically advises trying the Latin rite or the Trinitine Mass, but myself as a Byzantine Catholic, I'd like to add that you should visit all of the rites that you possibly can. Me personally, I have attended the liturgy or the Mass, if that's what you're used to calling it. I've um, attended... Uh, the Latin Rite, Byzantine Rite, Maronite, Melkite, and the Chaldean Rites so far. And we should do, we should try to experience all of them because they are part of our heritage as Catholics. And in my personal experience, they have all opened my eyes in very unique ways to the beauty and to the reverence and to the joy of the liturgy, all in very different ways because they're, they're, they're the same, but they're still different. Now, I mentioned earlier that there was a section on Mary and the saints, and I know that this particular topic can be more difficult. It can be one of those more difficult sticking points for converts, and I think that Sean did a really nice job of easing readers who might be like less comfortable with this topic into a less resistance stance, but what I found super interesting in this section was a chapter on religious articles in your home, and a chapter on holy cards. And as a cradle Catholic, I'm used to these things, like I'm used to rooms having doors on them, right? Like it makes sense. There's a room, there's a door. In a Catholic home, there's religious articles and prayer cards. See, my life has been so saturated with holy cards, religious arts, and sacramentals, you know, things like crosses and medals and statues, rosaries and icons and things like that. Even when I was not practicing my faith, I still decorated the apartments that I lived in with them, right? I just saw them as beautiful pieces of decoration. I mean, I'm sure they were working on me in the background, you know, doing their whole prayer thing up in heaven. Um, But that's besides the point. While I was reading this book and I was coming across, you know, I was reading these sections, I had to stop and do a little bit of self-evaluation. And I had to ask myself, do I really appreciate the power of these items? Yes, when I think about them in the context of using them for prayer, I do. But when I just see them around, I honestly don't equate sacramentals or religious art or anything like that with the power and the grace that God can work through them. These things have power and not in a superstitious kind of way, but they do truly have power, like especially if they're blessed, they have power in them and the Lord uses them 
to help his faithful all the time. And I want to see that, right? Like I wish I could have like supernatural goggles or something that I could see these things. Or I could walk past an image of a saint and just be flooded with that awe of what God could do through his children when they give him access to do that and to use them and to work through them and to, you know, become saints, you know, through their life of theosis. I want to be that way. I want to see that way. So since reading I'm Catholic, now what? I have resolved to have eyes of a new Catholic, you know, someone who appreciates these quote unquote ordinary Catholic things as if they are something new, like a newly found gift, which is what I have found converts to the faith. That's how they see all of these, you know, special articles and sacramentals in our faith. Like they see them as the gifts that they truly are. But I have to tell you guys about my favorite section of the book before I go any further, and that is the section on prayer. And this section has the most chapters in it. I'm going to tell you that. There's chapters on daily prayer, on family prayer, on making a prayer corner. And this is something that I only know about because I have attended a Byzantine church for the past eight years. And having a prayer corner or an icon corner is a big part of the Byzantine tradition. But before that, as a Roman Catholic, this is a totally foreign concept to me. There's also in this section on prayer, there's whole little chapters on things like the sign of the cross, like making the sign of the cross, on holy water, on house blessings. Again, these things are typically seen as ordinary, as everyday, run-of-the-mill Catholic things. But through the eyes of a convert, if we have eyes like said convert, we can reawaken the awe and the wonder that is supposed to be there when we encounter the sacred, which all of these things are. They are all sacred and they should all influence us and affect us in a very tangible way. But the best thing about this section on prayer for me were the chapters that were devoted to going on retreat, the chapter about getting a spiritual director, and the chapter about visiting monasteries. Here's why I love these chapters so much. Because sometimes Catholics can look at these activities as being things that are only done by men and women when those men and women want to become priests and nuns right? They think that these are exclusive activities for people who are going to become religious. But that's not the case at all. That's not what these activities are. These are things that everyday Catholics should be doing. And after I've talked to a few of my convert friends about this, because the friends that I know who are converts, like they had been on retreats, like before I ever went on one. Um, They visited monasteries and had spiritual director, like they were like way ahead of me in all of this. And I asked them, like, what made them step out and do that? And after talking to them, I realized that they never made those distinctions between what we as cradle Catholics would, you know, like, those are things that, you know, super serious priest-bound Catholics do, not things that regular, ordinary, everyday Catholics do. Like, they never made that distinction. To them, to my friends who have converted to Catholicism, Catholic is Catholic, And they just wanted to experience and partake in everything that was considered Catholic. And that's how it should be for all of us. Everything that is Catholic should be something that we see with these eyes of like, wow, cool, that's so awesome. Like, you know, God has 
given us the sacraments, but also the sacramentals, everything from like religious hymns to different prayers. Um, you know, he's even delivered him and the the Blessed Mother have delivered art and medals to us, you know, like, this is what I want you guys to make. This is what I want you guys to adorn your homes and yourselves with because these are important. You know, we should see all of these things as awesome as they are. And I say that like not in my typical Southern California, oh yeah, that's awesome, but like truly awesome. Like it, it brings us this sense of awe and wonder. We need to get back to that. And I found that this book really called me to that. And I wanted to share that with you. There's so much other good stuff in this book and I highly recommend it. It's called I'm Catholic, Now What? And it's written by Sean McAfee and it's published by Our Sunday Visitor. I'm going to include a link down in the show notes for you guys, along with a bunch of other things for you. Um, but in, again, this book, I don't think it's just for new Catholics, I think, or converts to Catholicism. I think it's for everyone. But after enviously gushing about the wonder and the newness with which converts experience the faith, how can we reinvigorate our appetite and be captivated by all of these ordinary elements of our faith. Well, I think that this pandemic has provided us with a stage to do that. As tragic as all of this has been, it has made most of us, if not all of us, long for normalcy in life as well as in our worship. And I've heard so many people lament about not being able to receive the Eucharist, and I'm right there with you. But the good news is that if your churches have not opened for Mass where you're at, they're going to be opening within the next couple of weeks, at least here in the U.S. And when we return to the liturgy, this is what I think we should do. We should make a conscious effort to visually take in and point out all of those beautiful things in our churches, even if you don't think that your church is beautiful, you know, you think it's one of those 1970s tragedies, but whatever, <laughs> that's a different topic. Look beyond that. And I mean, look to things like your holy water font or the baptismal font, the vestments your priests are wearing, the vessels that he's using on the altar, statues that are in your church or other pieces of art designated areas in your church to pray, like side chapels um, and things like that. And when you get home, write all of these things down and look them up. And not just to find out, okay, what they are, but also to find out why they are part of our churches and our liturgies. Because there are spiritual reasons and explanations for most everything in our faith. So, if we do this and we constantly remind ourselves to do this, we will begin appreciating the ordinary in Catholicism until all of a sudden one day we're going to realize how extraordinary all of it is and we will see it as extraordinary as we encounter it. Because hey, being Catholic is an extraordinary way to live your life. Because Catholicism is God's way of extraordinarily loving his children, right? He's given us the faith. He's given us the church. He's given us all of the things within it out of love for us and to bring us closer to him. And so we can really use all of this to grow in holiness. All right, everyone. I hope you liked this episode. And I'm going to ask you, if you like this episode, will you please share it with a friend? Or do you know anyone who could benefit from this book or even enjoy it? And that could be people who are coming into the church, recent converts, 
people who have already returned to the faith a long time ago, or maybe even for yourself, because some of you guys have told me after coming home to the church, you know, you you were away for a while and you came back, you thought maybe I should go to RCIA. Okay, well, maybe try to buy this book and see what happens and see if it works for you. All right, everyone, there's a link for that down in the show notes, along with a link for you guys to sign up for my email list weekly emails with the episode straight to you, along with some extra tidbits and resources from time to time. Don't miss out on those. Also a link for you to donate or to check out Patreon to see if you would be interested in becoming a patron. And did I say all my social media links are down there? If I didn't, they're down there. Check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. Follow me and message me. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. But yeah, don't be shy. Let's be friends and let's continue to grow in holiness together. All right, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.